Run steep, get high Run flat, stay low Run the mountain, run the road Run past the eight stand to the commode Oh, run steep, get high Run flat, stay low Oh, well that ended quick. I should not type while the theme song is playing. Uh, I was trying to just say hello to, to Matthew Feldhake here in the chat room, uh, but welcome to the Mountain Outpost podcast, episode 33. Sorry we cut short our theme song. And uh, I'm here with my co-host, Skizzlefresh Skylar Hall. Uh, how you doing? It's We just saw each other. I think we said our goodbyes at the finish line of the race. Mm-hmm. But it was a good time. Uh, we had a we had a good weekend. Yeah, no, we, we we spent a lot of quality time together, all seven plus hours in the studio, and then uh, we I mean we hung out for probably another hour or two at the finish line as I was searching for my phone and DJing. Uh, dude, it was good. It was quality. I was yeah. broken. Twenty twenty nine plus hours up straight between the live stream, running back to the hotel. Game ready, dinner, concert, straight from the concert to the finish line to DJ. Hang out at the finish line once I was done DJing. And in a rough drive back where I was just like, all right, let me get some caffeine in the system and just function. Uh, three hours of sleep, then got on a flight. So that's exactly what you want to do seven days away from your A-race marathon. But <laughs> the things we do, the sacrifices we make for for our people so no man i'm good i'm excited uh awesome. had a great time this weekend and you know getting ready for uh a big week but we got a lot to cover this episode so uh, first off how, how are you doing are you have you recovered have you rested what, what's up in your world oh i feel great uh i got i got a little bit of sleep i got decent sleep sunday night i did crash pretty hard pretty much as soon as trick-or-treating was done passed out uh and then maybe got a little bit of sleep more since then but it's been um i just came from the park uh we just wrapped up the final folded up the last tent basically uh this afternoon pulled the last vehicle out of the park so um yeah that feels good to uh to be done with that and everything is back uh the park is now returned to its normal quiet self for now um, yeah, and we're ready to move on to the next thing, you know, let's do it. Absurd. Absurd. Yeah. No, Havelina was an experience for, for all involved. Uh, shout out to everyone who, uh, was on course, hanging out in headquarters, said, what's up. Shout out to everybody who's in the live stream, all four or five editions of it, yelling at us and harassing us. It was, it was great to have the community both virtually and in person back and, and making things happen. So, uh, we, we have a lot to, to break down about how the race unfolded and what it means for, uh, you know, who's accepted their golden tickets, what's going to mean for Western States uh, in June of 2022, which will be here before we know it. I mean, these people are about to start the training cycle for that, basically. Uh, but we also have a lot of other things that happened in the, in the running world and that are going to happen this upcoming weekend. So uh, before we delve into it, I must ask you, sir. What are you drinking? Oh, well, I'm drinking whatever you left me, which is a <laughs> massive upgrade from the normal, um, you know, whatever whatever I have. So this is uh, 
Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale. Thank you so much for that. Uh, and thank you what to the Tops. You? Tops, Slicker, and Tempe. Oh, yeah. Kept, shout out, shout out to Tops. Kept me folks when I lived there, and I had to support them when I was in town. Uh, I am going with the – it's November, right? It's basically the end of pumpkin season, right? We're, we're making that turn into, like, Christmas sales and whatnot. So in solidarity with you, uh, I have the last – of my Southern tier beers uh, that I have in the fridge. So this is the Warlock, that Imperial pumpkin stout. Uh, and this will pretty much be the last pumpkin based drink I have, I think, uh, barring finding something miraculous while I'm in New York city. So it's time to say farewell to pumpkin spice latte season and hello to Christmas ale and peppermint season. So cheers, sir. Cheers. Cheers. Just All right. First, yeah, take a quick shout out to everyone who's in the chat right now. Um, I think all 19 of you watching, thank you so much. Um, appreciate you. Um, but we got not only Matt Feldhake, but Rob Ricardo in the chat. So hello, hello. Um, great to have everyone here. We've got already some questions being generated. Um, this show, of course, is live, and we would love to hear from you in the YouTube chat. If you came to Havelina Hundred, if you saw it from afar, what did you think? Uh, will you be joining us next year? Uh, ways to improve the live stream. Whatever you want to drop in there, or just random questions. But Matt was curious if I'm still wearing the same shirt since Saturday because I was wearing a rabbit blue tee, but that one was the Arabipa staff shirt. Um, this one is actually the shirt that the participants got. So Havelina, I run 100. I just snagged it. We have all uh, all of the merchandise from Havelina 100 is back, and it is should be live on themountainoutpost.com. That is now our go-to store for all things merchandise, Era Viper Running and Run Steep Get High, and all of our different brands. So check out mountainoutpost.com. Go to shop, uh, and sh items should be there. They were counted and inventoried, so if they're not, I will be doing that as soon as this program's over. But, yeah, here we are. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I actually saw somebody on my flight home repping the participants I Run 100 shirt. So it is, it's a, it's a pretty the shirt, blue, I must say. The shirt is fire. It's super comfortable, and I love the color. And then you add all the javelina colors in it, and it just pops. So it's great. Good. Good. No, you guys, you guys did a great job. And, and shout out to all the sponsors uh, who helped make – the weekend possible. I mean, just the, the expo, all of the, the festivities that occurred in headquarters and even out on course, uh, they did a great job in supporting. So, so shout out to what Hoka, Goo, Rabbit. Uh, I'm forgetting a bunch. I'm sure. Uh, Soul Sports. Soul Sports. Gooder. Uh, yeah. yeah. Gooder. Man, I, I meant to steal a pair of the glasses and I goofed on that. So uh, if you, you might be, get, you might be getting a pair, you might be getting a care package Sweet. soon. Yay. That's that's what I need is just more clutter. That's that's what my fiance tells me. I mean, um, if, it, uh, if it helps declutter my space, it's a win. Okay. Oh, uh, man. There's a Tom from MySpace joke built in here somewhere, but I'm going to let it. I'm going to let it ride. Yes. Is that before your time? Oh, man. MySpace? Now, now, I, I, I had a MySpace. Bro. I know I'm not with all the pop culture, but I am older than you, so. 
I gotta, I gotta keep you, I gotta keep you on your toes. I gotta keep you relevant. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to pass on all the things that the high schoolers pester me about on a daily basis of practice yeah. to you. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to your existential life crisis. Love it. Um, do we want to jump into how any more? Yeah. Well, we got a couple more questions in the chat. I don't want to ignore those cause there's some, there's some good ones already. Um, but then we Let's could jump into, uh, definitely, I think some of your run flat news, and then we can just basically fulfill the rest of the time with probably Haveline 100. Um, there, I entered more than one lottery yesterday. So I think people are now, uh, now that I think Haveline 100 kind of marks, I feel like, an, a certain end of the season. I'm just going to say it. Uh, I don't know if it's true, but it's like Haveline 100 happens. It's kind of the end of the Western States qualifying window ish pretty close and then people are like lottery season is starting so you're starting to think what am i going to do next year you know we're we only got two months left of the year Uh, i mean first off everyone should sign up for across the year's last person standing do it right now because i just signed up for it and we need more people and it's going to be so fun so do that first but then next year people are really starting to think what am i going to do in 2022 what are my big goals how do i set myself up the next couple months you know, is it, is it a little bit of an off season? Am I starting my training now for next year? You know, these are questions people are asking. So, uh, we will get into that, but first off, uh, well, Charlie Seymour, I think he's, uh, being a little ridiculous. He's, uh, he's asking what race we're talking about earlier. Uh, I think we know that, uh, thoughts on TVE coming out of ultra retirement from Rob Ricardo. Did you, did you catch that today? I did see that uh, in true absurd fashion, just just like everything involving Taggart. Uh, Mr. Tiger Van Etten announced that uh, he had retired from ultras. He's going to focus on the roads, that goal of making it to the Olympic trials. He's running, I believe, the Minneapolis Marathon on Saturday. And then all of a sudden this morning was like, all right, I did I, – Listen, I said I was going to break 12 at Tunnel Hill. I didn't accomplish that. I, I'm a man of my word. So let me go ahead and knock it out and try to break 12 at, at Tunnel Hill, guess, which is absurd. Like, guess, guess what else he said. <clears throat> guess what else he said. Um, is, was there – I had to read more? What, what else did he say? Well, I'm just saying, like, if he's trying to say he can't go back on his word, I mean, sub-11 – Anyone? Yeah, I think I think that's gonna happen at some point. Listen, listen, I don't want to <laughs> apply unnecessary pressure to the man, um, but but yeah, no, he's. Don't get me wrong. Will a road marathon be a perfect last long run for a hundred mile, what is essentially a flat, fast course? Yeah, theoretically, like if he's been doing long enough training runs. It would support a hundred miler. Then, like, there's actually a world where this would make sense. Um, but I, I haven't looked at Estrada. I haven't stalked him hard enough. So I'll be very interested to see how this ends up playing out for him. Um, super excited because anytime he tells the line, you know it's going to be fireworks. It's not going to be a, a sit and kick type of race. Not that that really ever happens in ultras, but uh, he's going to go hard from the gun. And he's going to drag it out. There's going to be a bunch of people who, you know, might get a pulled along with them. So no matter what happens, it's going to be a fast tunnel hill. It's always a fast tunnel hill, but, um, but you know, it's going to be lightning fast. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm here for it. 
Uh, Skylar, what shoe are you racing in for New York City? Indeed, yeah. Uh, that goes down this Sunday morning. Uh, I'm going to be running in the original Hoka Carbon X. Uh, it's the same shoe I race in in Boston. Held up well. Um, should actually, it looks like it's going to be slightly drier conditions. At least that's what I was told because I haven't actually looked at the weather for New York. Um, I also haven't looked at a course profile in like a month, so I have no idea what I'm actually doing. But um, uh, it's just but yeah, hills on the bridges. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm just going to rock that shoe. It should be fine um, because. Uh, I mean, it's not like the best carbon shoe out there. Like obviously improvements have been made over the last three years or whatever it's been since that original Carbon X shoe came out. Uh, but it's what I got sitting in the closet that isn't completely beat up and almost at the end of its life cycle. And uh, I do have to double back for a cross country 10K 14 days after New York and a uh, certain 9,000 foot plus elevation gain ultra uh, three weeks after New York. So let me save whatever bit of my thighs I can uh, on, on this course in New York while going balls out and uh, and then see what the rest of November holds. Yeah, that was a perfect segue because there was also was a question about our, what are our running goals for the next few months? So obviously you just said New York City, you got a cross-country race, then you're going into Quad Dipsy. Mm-hmm. And I might be throwing in one more cross-country race after quad. Um, but yeah, <laughs> a road marathon, a cross-country 10K, and a 29-mile uh, hilly ultra are, are, I mean, three weeks apart within November. So that's pretty much it uh, in terms of this month and then maybe that cross race. And then uh, I'm going to start gearing up for another road marathon down in your neck of the woods in January. Oh, Right. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. I'm assuming, are we finally just, uh, are, are we getting Barkley training happening? What's happening with you, sir? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm signed up for the, f uh, at least the fall Desert Runner Trail Series, which is our premier Southwest uh, kind of wintertime running events, like festival atmosphere. So we've got short distance 5k up to four mile starting and then all the way up to either 50 or 100 miles and there are all these great regional parks around phoenix so i'm going to be doing the pass mountain 50 miler in two weeks uh or like a week from saturday um and then mcdowell mountain frenzy 50 mile which is right after the running event and then the cave creek thriller 50k uh later into december uh and then uh, I, I don't know. We were talking about the, the ATY last person standing today while breaking down tents at Havelina. And I realized we had two entrants. And so I'm trying to jumpstart that. Uh, plus, it was just so much fun last time uh, that I don't have any, I won't have any goals this time. And I don't care if I quit. Uh, I don't have to, you know, that's not the primary goal. It's just to go out there and have some fun, get some good miles in and, and be participate, participative in it or whatever. So yeah, that's through kind of the rest of this year. Uh, next year, I probably, I might end up doing a couple more desert runner trail series races. Um, signed up for cold water 100. Uh, let's see elephant mountain 50 mile. And then, yeah, put my name in the hat for some lotteries, uh, Western States, I'm up to 16 tickets for that one. And then Hard Rock, I put in for that again. Uh, you know, got to try and run it in the opposite direction.
So naturally, you kind of leave it up to the lottery gods. Uh, once that happens, then you then you kind of get to dial in your year. Sweet. Uh, and obviously, Western States lottery is early December. I guess is the best timeline on that. Uh, and Hard Rock, late December, early January, on the lottery. I think they're. A lot of times they're the same day, but I honestly I haven't looked. I just saw they were open. I threw my name and I moved on. But um, yeah, someone was asking about Nick's goals for next year too. Um, he's obviously training for Solstice right now, and that's gonna be his big thing. Uh, and then he also put in for Western States and Hard Rock. He only has two tickets in Western States, so he'll have to see if he tries to race his way in, um, if he's recovered from Solstice or not. So yeah. Worlds next year. I gotta think that he's trying to make that team again, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Think long term. That's <laughs> probably probably his goal. I oh, think I can go tr- out on a limb and say that. People are trying to push us to uh, set aside some of these Havelina drop bags. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I'm uh, if I'm gonna test my health insurance, I'm gonna do so in a uh, bachelor party <laughs> environment, not a drop bag environment. Let's put it that way. So that's fair. Uh, right on. Well, should we move ahead to some uh, run flat news? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's tackle it, um, and we'll be we'll be as swift as possible, given that it was a very packed weekend that was, and going to be a very busy weekend forthcoming. So, so let's back up. Uh, Tori gave a prelude last week uh, on the pod that it was going to be a huge week for college cross country, uh, Division One and Division Three conference season, uh, basically the kickoff of postseason, and really the last chance to get some very important wins against uh, teams, especially in division one, that can push you into the national meet. So uh, let's run through some of the, the larger conferences and things that I, I personally found relatively interesting. Um, and again, conferences uh, are going to be leading into regionals uh, that occur in two weeks from now. Uh, this is the last 8K that all the Division One runners uh, on the men's side will be running. They'll move up to 10K for regionals, and then uh, right after that, you're going to have natties. So uh, let's go over to the Mountain West region, or excuse me, Mountain West Conference. On the women's side, you had uh, U.S. number one, New Mexico, just stunt on the entire field. They had a perfect score, uh, literally took the first seven positions in the entire race against their conference, which is not full of uh, bad teams. Utah State took second. Uh, they're the 28th ranked team in the nation. And then Colorado State, the 12th ranked team in the nation, took third, just two points behind Utah State. So uh, all three of those teams are also part of the Mountain region, uh, which is probably the deepest region this year on the women's side. So Utah State getting uh, an edge over Colorado State here is a big uh, big win for them because if Colorado state ends up beating them at regionals, they at least have that win and can hopefully help them uh, get pushed in. So, so really good stuff uh, for, for the mountain West and, and their chance to have a lot of teams representing at Natty's uh, on the men's side, air force, uh, the U S number 11 team just went bananas, had a 14 second spread between their second and uh, 
excuse me, their first and fifth runners. They went two, three, six, seven, nine, ten, and eleventh place, and just it was sick. It was disgusting. They they just just ran all over the rest of their conference. So Mountain West doing big things. Also speaking of doing big things, the Big Sky Conference, home of your Flagstaff uh, stalwarts, Northern Arizona. They won on both the men's and the women's side. Obviously, the men, number one ranked team in the nation, did exactly what we expected them to, to do. Uh, went 1, 2, 4, 8, 15, actually rested a couple people and still comfortably won. And on the women's side, a, a very good performance by them. Uh, the only thing that was a little bit odd about Big Sky is they ran a 5K instead of a 6K on the women's side. No other conference seems to have done this. I don't know what the thinking behind it was, but we'll see if that is a benefit or a uh, detriment once the ladies step up to the 6K distance in a few weeks' time. Uh, is that why we saw way- that petition go out, or is that unrelated? or just Unrelated. Kind of- yeah, okay. it's just just kind of happens that way. Like Women run 6K in all the postseason Um I think the thought process is always like, well, they can because in high school they probably run 5K, so it's only 1K further, whereas the men run 8K all season until regionals, and then in Division One they jump up to 10K. It's a, that's a large debate for for a whole another day. Um, or, just have every, or have everybody run 8K, whatever. Yeah, but we'll, we, we can debate the, the merits of that later. Um, in the West Coast Conference, BYU uh, obviously – is the the favorite here and they obviously won on both the men's and the women's side to no surprise to anyone connor mance with the win by 16 seconds leading byu over gonzaga uh pretty solid run by gonzaga though currently they are the third ranked or they went in as the third ranked west team so if they can uh, have a similar performance at regionals good chance they're going to make it into nationals and on the women's side uh, gonzaga also took second there it was actually more impressive that Gonzaga took second on the women's side because they weren't ranked in the top 30 nationally. Uh, so they beat the U.S. Uh, number 27 team, Portland, uh, a team that's actually ranked two spots higher than, than them in their own region. So, again, that's another quality win that if Portland excels at regionals, and this was just a, a fluke, Gonzaga gets another necessary uh, and key win that might be able to help push them into the meet. So uh, just solid performance by Gonzaga showing up when it mattered. Uh, The ACC, we talked about Notre Dame on the men's side, not showing up, even at their own home invitational. They finally showed up, brought the A squad. The goose is loose. Jared Nagoose ran his first meet of the year, and they just comfortably won the entire thing. Scored 32 points over Syracuse, Wake Forest, and North Carolina. None of those teams are ranked in the top 30 nationally, but the team that took fifth, Florida State, is not only ranked 19th nationally, but they're also the top ranked team in the South region, which means they're probably going to automatically get in to nationals, which means Syracuse, Wake Forest, North Carolina get a quality win, and that's gonna definitely help them Booster their boost their resume and hopefully get into nationals. So uh, clutch clutch wins clutch wins across the board uh, for Syracuse, Wake Forest, and North Carolina by taking second, third, and fourth respectively. Uh, and Adrian Wildshut, he won the conference meet. Nationals is going to be on his home course, representing Florida State. So uh, even though Connor Mance is the defending champion, uh, keep Adrian Wildshut on your radar. And then on the women's side, North Carolina State, the U.S. number two 
team. Uh, they spread 29 seconds from first through fifth runner. They had all of their scores finish in the top eight, and they beat North Carolina by 67 points. Uh, so, so it was just kind of scattershot after that. But North, North Carolina State doing what they had to do. In the Big 12, it was basically a dual meet on both the men's and the women's side against between Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Oklahoma State won on both fronts. Wesley Kiptu on the men's side took the win for Iowa State, but then Oklahoma State went 2, 3, 4, 6, 9 to win 24 to 31. Both teams are top five ranked nationally, so uh, we'll see them doing battle again very soon. And on the women's side, uh, it was just one point separating Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Uh, three, four, six, seven, and 15 were the scores for Oklahoma State, so they got to shore up that fifth runner a little bit. Uh, but the big news is uh, Celia Seely McCabe from West Virginia uh, for the win yet again. She backs up her wins at Louisville and Nuttycomb. So in terms of individual glory, uh, keep her on the radar because she's definitely making a nice resume for herself going into regionals and ultimately nationals. Let's talk about Heps real quick. The Ivy League nerds out there, we know them, we love them. Princeton on the men's side had a very quality win. Uh, They went 28 points to Harvard's 43 uh, Princeton's ranked 18th nationally. They had a 42 second spread and their 14th, 15th and 20th runners didn't score or excuse me, their eighth, ninth and 10th runners scored 14th, 15th and 20th places, but they didn't score. It's only your top seven score in cross country. And all of those people were actually ahead of Harvard's fifth runner. So Princeton crazy deep, uh, when you can put 10 runners in front of your second place competitions, fifth runner, uh, that means that they have some pieces they can play around with come regionals they got the depth there so not terribly worried about how far their team will fall off if somebody gets sick injured things like that in the pac 12 really weird really weird day uh colorado took the win on both the men's and the women's side however the big news of the day was washington on the men's side super overperforming beating uh, Oregon. So Washington took third, 68 points. Oregon took fourth with 72 points. So a quality win for Washington, which came in the 26th ranked team nationally and actually three spots behind Oregon uh, in in the West region. And uh, Cooper Tier lost by 10 seconds. Everybody thinking Cooper Tier going to be an individual threat. Obviously, we know what he did during the track season. Uh, But Charles Hicks from Stanford, the freshman, but it's a COVID year slash red shirt. So like everybody, their mom's a freshman. Anyway, Charles Hicks wins by 10 seconds. Kai Robinson takes fourth. Uh, basically all of Stanford's top five either have freshman or sophomore eligibility. So they are going to be sick for the next three years. And they just showed that come postseason, they, they are still going to be ready to perform. So get excited. On the women's side, Oregon made up for their men screwing the whole thing up. Uh, they are not ranked in the top 30 nationally, but they beat two nationally ranked teams, including the top two ranked teams in the West region in Washington and Stanford. So by slotting in third, they got some big quality wins against those two teams. And so even if they take a step back at regionals, there's a good chance they're finally going to make the national meet. And because Matt is in the chat, the Ohio Valley Conference on the men's side, Eastern Illinois for the win by four points over Belmont, paced out by Dustin Hatfield and Jamie Marcos going one-two in the conference meet. 
On the women's side, uh, they also have the top two finishers individually, but Eastern Illinois take third uh, behind Belmont and Tennessee Tech. So that's I knew I knew he was here. I'm looking out for my buddy. There will be oh, he's no already been, he's already been chatting it up. He's asking if he should book his Good. flight to nationals. Um, listen, I would say if you guys are a school that has like an end of the year party, you know, like an end of season party, I would just book my flight to campus. That's probably where your money will be better spent there. But hey, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. Uh, but then that's just Division One. A whole bunch of other things happen. Regionals in two weeks. Get excited. One day of just pure bananas shenanigans. It's going to be great. Uh, but let's run through Division Three really quick. Most importantly to this podcast, uh, the NESCAC Conference. Williams wins on both the men's and the women's side. Uh, Aiden Ryan, uh, who we've talked about before, the number one runner from Williams, actually was a DNF on the men's side. Uh, they were still able to beat Middlebury. So uh, that, again, great for the Williams men's death. But uh, we got to see what happens with Aiden Ryan because he was not just pacing out that Williams team who's ranked top three nationally, but uh, was a threat to win the individual title outright. In the OAC, Alex Phillip with John Carroll wins by 47 seconds over uh, the 8K distance, leading John Carroll to a 25-point win over Otterbeam. The women also won. uh, the, the women of John Carroll also won uh, in the SIAC Pomona Pitzer uh, beat CMS 32, 34 to 42 uh, with all seven runners from Pomona Pitzer beating CMS's fourth runner. Uh, CMS flipped the script on the women's side, though. The number two ranked team nationally wins uh, with their taking places one, two, four, five, six, nine, and 12 to dominate over the third ranked national Pomona Pitcher ladies. Johns Hopkins wins on the women's side in the Centennial and the new Mac MIT won on both sides. Wisconsin lacrosse had a huge win over Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, Wisconsin lacrosse went in the 11th ranked team, Whitewater the eighth ranked team. So a quality win. And uh, Michael, David, Michael, Fass, Michael Fassbender is the actor, David Fassbender, the Whitewater runner. Uh, he won by four seconds. But it is what it is. And then uh, the American Rivers Conference, Wartburg, crushed it on both the men's and the women's side. So basically everyone who was supposed to win did win in Division Three. We will see what happens in a few weeks' time at regionals. Um, and again, for Division Three, unlike Division One, only the top team from each of the ten regions automatically goes. And then it's just a coaches committee where they sit around in a room and say, who should go in next? And then... Uh, it's basically a, a pissing match for who has a better resume. So um, every win, even in a conference, especially if you have a deep conference, matters if you're not going to be the number one team in your respective region. Looking forward to this weekend, uh, Division Two, not to be forgotten, this is their regional weekend. They're on a completely odd schedule. Uh, so for their eight regions, the top three teams automatically qualify, and then uh, there's like a whole – calculus of the final 10 teams that go in as well as like 70 something individuals so uh if you're looking for fun postseason entertainment on the cross country front d2 regionals happening this friday and saturday i might just be saturday i gotta pull up the calendar but that was the weekend that was in the cross world this upcoming weekend also gonna be busy but just in the road world because we have the USATF 5K championships going down in New York on Saturday. We've got just uh, 
a pretty stacked field on the men's side, especially. We got Paul Chalimo scheduled to run, Matt Centrowitz scheduled to run, Eric Avila, Sam Chalanga, Bia Sambasa, who just won that 10 mile uh, USATF champs and the 25K USATF champs. Um, they're all scheduled to be there as well as uh, some of the 10 man elite dudes. This is basically. If, if you have to be in New York for sponsor obligations, you're probably running this 5K um, and trying to get a, a healthy payday and a bit of that $60,000 prize pot. And on the women's side, uh, Wayne Kalati, Erica Kemp, Gwen Jorgensen, Kim Conley, uh, a whole host of folks uh, on, on the women's side as well, ready to step it up the day before that New York City Marathon going down on Sunday. And it's just going to be... Uh, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a wild day in New York. I'm gonna take a beat and drink a little bit of my drink, and you let me know if there are questions thus far that I need to address, or if you just have thoughts, feelings, or emotions. I mean, the biggest thing is we got Matt Feldick in the chat here saying that ranked sixth in the in the Midwest for EIU. Come on, dude. That's it. It can happen. That's it. Anything is possible. Um, oh I did. yeah. <laughs> For those of you uh, in the chat, I did drop a poll, so be sure to reply to the poll. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll get back to those results at the end. <laughs> so random. <laughs> I'm just playing around with the tech. I'm trying to get more in the... Uh, I, I just need to learn more about all of this live streaming stuff. It's going to get good. Uh, very, very confusing. So uh, we do have, we are going to talk and jump into the Havilene 100 here in one second. We do have a quick question from Charlie Seymour. He's asking how much of the McDowell Mountain Frenzy race overlaps the Havilene 100 trails? And that's a great question. So um, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. I am running that race. It's a 50 miler in the same park as the Havilene 100. It was the very first Aravipa race, like self-created uh, that back in 2010. And it overlaps with a fair bit of the course, like the Escondido Trail, uh, which was the end of the Havilena Loop, is kind of where you start that race. And then you're on Pemberton, which, is, of course, is the main trail for the Havilena 100. And that's kind of what you use to make your way around the park, but you end up going wider out uh, and exploring more areas. So I would say if you want a full tour, if you've, if you've run Havilena 100 before, and that's the only course or the only trails you've ever run, come and run the McDowell Mountain Frenzy 50K or 50 mile, and you will explore most of the trails in the park, well, of the exterior of the park. So check it on out. Uh, let's see here. Havilena 100. Let's get into it. 19th annual. That's insane. Uh, took it over. I first organized it the first race i ever organized it was its sixth edition and here we are 19th is in the books so thank you first off to everyone that came out thank you to our staff our volunteers everyone that helped make this event uh and has made this event so special over the years uh it's truly it feels definitely like a reunion of of all kinds of people coming out so uh we hope that you had a, an amazing time out there um I would love your feedback. So if you want to reach out to me, send me a message on how we can improve, make the event better for all of you. Uh, I'm all ears on that. So uh, appreciate that. Um, where should we start? Should we uh, talk about how the races played out? I know we did do a live stream, um, but for those of you that 
uh, you know, we're out maybe out running this weekend and, and living your life, we can kind of jump into that. We're going to try and go to another scene here. Hopefully, we won't lose all, our, all of our audio. Hello. I got do, do we? Are we still good? I think we're still good. Uh, if we're not good, say something. So, uh, got a result. Some results here. Um, you can you can find these haviland100.com. You can check them out. Uh, but let's go to our maybe our hundred mile results here. Take a look. So, um, Arlen Glick. We talked about him in our preview last week. I think at the time we said he had won like five of his six last hundreds. It turns out, I think he's nine for 10 all time now, uh, including a win at the Haviland 100 and a golden ticket to Western States 100. He's kind of the low-key new king of hundreds. I don't know of anyone else with this record, period, in history. So... The only race that he has lost, he PR'd with a 12.57 at Tunnel Hill, and that was to the one and only Tiger Van Etten. Every other race, every other 100-miler he has run since, and he just got started in 2019, he's won. So from talking to him briefly at the finish line, he's from Ohio. So a lot of the races he's won are Midwest races or East Coast races, but they're not. It's not like he's picking races that no one runs or that doesn't require a fast time. He's running, you know, thirteen something at Umstead, twelve fifty seven at uh, at Tunnel Hill. Now Havilland a hundred, a thirteen fourteen, third fastest all time uh, on a hot day. So it's exciting. He signed up for Havilland a hundred, I believe, once he saw it was a golden ticket race, and he said, "This is my shot. I'm the hundred mile guy." I'm going to go for golden ticket. He claims that 100K is too fast for him. I find that a little hard to believe because how many guys can run sub 13? I think he would do just fine at 100K personally, but it doesn't really matter because he got his golden ticket. He punched it here, and I'm glad he did it at Havilland 100. So Arlen Glick, uh, that's a name that you now are required to know. Okay, like Havilland 100, big deal. He won the race, so now he's not a no-name anymore. Uh, not He definitely wasn't a no-name, I'm sure, to uh, the, the Midwestern folks, but um, I would say probably a little under our radar and definitely on the national scene. Um, following close behind him was Ryan Montgomery. Uh, I... I'm trying to remember where I first learned about Ryan, but I know that at Desert Solstice last year, of course, uh, he was battling my brother, and he was was second in a time of 13:33, and they were fairly close all day. So, trying to see at mile, they were actually running together for the first 42 miles of the race. So the first two loops. Then there was a bit of a separation, still within a minute and a oh, just about a minute through halfway. And then there was even up until 61 miles, they're three minutes apart. I mean, it was such a close one uh, all the way, all the way through, basically. Uh, Cole Watson, who was this his debut 100 or just his first hundred completion? 
I think it's his debut hundred. Sweet. So he was a few minutes back most of the day. Didn't quite ever run with those guys. Um, but we're talking at mile 57, he was three minutes behind Ryan. Um, and he finished in 1349. So, you know, obviously a little disappointing for him outside the golden ticket spot since the first two accepted their tickets. Uh, but you can't be too upset with a sub-14 debut uh, at the Havilland 100. So really excited for Cole coming out here. Strong performance. A sub-14 at Havilland doesn't happen very often. Uh, and then we've got to talk about Camille Heron. Um, calling it before she she steps up to the line. She's had a bit of a, an up-and-down year, maybe mostly a down year, I would say. Um, but she was on fire at this race. Uh, last year, she dropped, and I think that's been on her mind ever since. She, of course, I think excels at a course like this. You know, she has a win at Black Canyon. So she knows what it's like running in Arizona. She lives here now. And uh, she ended up 14.03, new course record by 49 minutes, I believe. Um, finished with the lightsaber, which I thought was pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> very fitting for the Havilland 100. Um, but yeah, we'll she had a, yeah, she had a healthy win margin here. She won by an hour and 45 minutes, placed fourth overall. Uh, and again course record incredible performance i mean probably in the running for performance of the year i would say for camille heron uh joe mcconaughey uh he was calling his shot running a 1330 not too far off i would say 1413 uh for fifth place probably not what he wanted um he did post a race report i haven't been able to read that quite yet but uh check definitely going to check that out later uh, but I think we're going to see a lot more uh, from Joe coming up. Um, maybe we'll see him at Black Canyon. You never know. I mean, in fairness to him, he also said that 1330 would probably win the race. And if Arlen had negative splitted the race, he was correct. Like they he were was definitely right. out uh, at about 14 to 1420 pace early on. So 1330 would have definitely been in contention. Obviously, would have been uh, at least golden ticket eligible. So, you know, he, yeah, I feel like the golden tickets around. brought out some great performances this year. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever had three guys under 14 hours. You I can't say. Uh, so that is amazing. And of course, a women's course record, even Brittany Peterson, our second place with a 1547, not a bad time. Like a great, that's a great time. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, she looked comfortable, like, running that time. Like, if you don't have a Camille out there who just, like, obliterates the old course record, you know, we see Brittany's performance as the true strength that it was. But it's just because it's being judged against what was just an absurd performance by Camille that, right. <laughs> you know, I think people wanted to, people wanted to like, discredit him. Like, no, 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 that's a very very strong day for her nonetheless. So she should be very happy with that. I mean, our top three men were in the top 10 all time for this yeah. race. 
And for the women, um, I mean, Brittany Peterson ran seventh fastest all time. So yeah. that's pretty much all you need to say. Uh, we've only had eight performances under 16 hours for women. So I would say golden ticket, Haviland 100. Uh, I think it lived up to the hype, I'll say. I think it was a great race. I'm probably biased, but, I mean, we saw some great performances, and it's so cool to see those golden tickets being handed out uh, at a 100-mile race. Uh, I think it's just a great fit. Love it. Uh, and, of course, uh, third place, uh, Brittany Peterson already in Western States. So that third spot on the line uh, was going down kind of to the wire. So at my at halfway mark, Tessa Chesser and Lottie, Lottie, Lottie gosh dang it, Lottie Zeeler, they were running stride for stride. Uh, Tessa was behind two minutes at mile 61. They're running back and forth. Uh, I mean, all the way I'm going down the line here, even as far as 80 miles in, three minutes separating them. And Tessa pulled it out, 1625. I think this is her second 100-mile finish for Tessa. And Lottie, first 100-miler, it's her debut, 1650. And Tessa ends up with the golden ticket. Pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe you're correct that this is only her second 100-mile finish, the last one being a third place at 2019's edition of Run, Rabbit, Run. So uh, good to see that she is maintaining bronze position at her 100-mile races. Let's see if she can carry that momentum forward into Western States or hopefully for her uh, improve it a little bit. Definitely. So, yeah, um, Haviland 100. That's, the, that's your top results right there. There are, of course, like a host of amazing performances um, throughout the event. Are, we could go maybe into our 100K a little bit. Um, that also happened. I just want to point out, before, oh, yeah, before, before you even read the results, what did I say last week and what did I say on the live stream? Don't be surprised if, if we scored cross-country style the men and women against each other that the women could potentially beat the men. And it almost happened. That's how in the good, in the hundred K. In the hundred K. Yeah. It was actually very close uh if you if you <laughs> scored it out five deep. So I stand by the prediction I made. It was damn close. Um women the women in the hundred K definitely made it very interesting. So the results. Yeah, it was what, thirty to twenty five, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Tyler Andrews, um, he was running, let's see, Louis Resendez was running with really close to Tyler, I believe, early on. Yes. Let me pull up the split times. Uh, let's see. I mean, he was, that was right like up on him through, through the at first, least the first lap. The first lap, yeah. And then yeah. it kind of separ- it definitely separated out quite a bit. And then... It's kind of surprisingly, Forrest Ward, who I don't know much about, he closed real strong on Tyler. Tyler kind of fell back a bit, uh, just five minutes separating them. So 849, that was a f- handful of minutes off the course record. Um, so Tyler with the win, Forrest Ward second, and Lewis uh, in third in 10 flat kind of fell back. And then Cat Bradley, 
uh, pretty much led wire to wire. She did lead wire to wire on this one. Um, 9.45 for the win. Uh, but also closing strong on her was Brianna Grigsby, uh, Tucson resident and Aerobiper Racing Team member. Uh, got a shout out Tessa, also Aerobiper Racing Team member. And then Lauren uh, Chikamaskalo was third in 11.09. So there's your 100K right there. Yeah, it was wild. Um, the the interesting thing about Forrest is he DNF'd last year. So definitely solid redemption for him um, here at Havelina. And also, this is his first finish beyond 50K. So to show up and put on the performance that he did here, uh, a, a hard charging second place uh, bodes well. So we'll see what he's bringing back to Northern California. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of the local races, way too cool and canyons. So um, he'll definitely be one to watch out for in the greater Auburn area, hanging out at that Auburn aid station running store and, uh, you know, tearing it up around the Western States course and hopefully, you know, earning, uh, earning a bid there sometime soon. If he wants to take his talents up another 30 something miles. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that is Havlin hundred. We had 292 finishers at the 100 mile race. Uh, I honestly haven't calculated the, the total number of runners and, and drop rates and stuff yet, but I know that, uh, we had about highs in the mid eighties, which is definitely warm, especially for out there. Um, but yeah, kudos to the runners that, that pushed through, finished this thing, uh, or even just towed the line. Um, yeah, great stuff. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that Western States qualifier. And we get some uh, we get some Havilland finishers to get picked. It'd be great. Uh, let's see. Charlie Seymour in the chat uh, says, Golden Hour was fun. Um, definitely. So we were watching the Golden Hour. We had quite a few runners coming in in that final hour. And there were three that finished over the cutoff. So we had a camera, obviously, at the finish line. We had a drone flying, kind of keeping an eye on things. And you need about an hour to get from Rattlesnake Ranch to the finish, like 3.8 miles. And we had a couple people right there, but we were still expecting a few more. And then we had three people roll through. It was like 11 to 14 minutes kind of past the hour. And we're mm -hmm. thinking, oof, that's going to be, they're going to have to really push it to make it. And I remember seeing with maybe about 12 minutes to spare, uh, Tony was flying his drone pretty far out and was zooming in. We could see like these little figures trucking it, like really moving fast. Um, yeah trying to make it even though it was pretty and when he like zoomed out wide we didn't see exactly where it was until he zoomed out and you could see like way in the distance was was the headquarters where the finish line and everything is and you still have to run through the whole parking lot so it's a little bit heartbreaking to see it and we're like i don't know i think they're still about a mile and a half out with with maybe 11 minutes to go and uh we had um sonia finish 
maybe about six or seven minutes over. Uh, she's been, man, training up for this event the whole year. And then we had a couple gentlemen finish maybe like 11, 12 minutes over. So it was really cool, though, to see everyone on site, all the volunteers or spectators, they all made like a spirit tunnel for them all to come through at the end. It was really cool. Uh, and that kind of capped off the weekend there. So, yeah, that was our golden hour. Insane. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, and that's, you get lucky literally. and they all make it, you know, with like a minute to spare and it's a lot of drama. Um, but it was like, I think the final dead last finisher had, I think it was either six or eight minutes to spare at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, a lot of times people want to compare this to golden hour at Western States. Well, yeah, it's basically the same time of day, but it's usually about what, probably 10 to 12 degrees warmer, you know, around that time of day in Phoenix or Fountain Hills versus Auburn, right? So they're, they're not as beat up by the sun a second time as they're trying to kick in. Whereas, you know, we watched it on the live stream, you were sitting at, you know, 70 plus since you know like 9 30 or 10 a.m uh in terms of temperature so it's just we, i mean we cracked 80 by the time the race ended again yeah like it's <laughs> it's just rude it's, it's not like hey you know if you were within range you're gonna find this extra burst of energy and like nothing's gonna get in your way it's like oh no it's still the desert this is gonna be uh like that burst of energy you're gonna get from like you know the magnetic pull of the finish line is being counteracted by the kryptonite of this blistering heat yet again so it's just uh it's 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 heartbreaking but you know it's it's still a testament to the fact that you know these people put their their heart and soul on the line and so much training to, to gear up for this and you know they had no quit they had no quit even when uh you know officially they weren't going to be reflected in the results like they they know in their hearts what they what they put out there on course and so you know we still have to commend them for for all of that effort and the crews and the family and friends that all helped them get to that, to that moment. Awesome. Well, I don't know if anyone in the chat has any more questions about Havelina. Um, that's kind of the recap from this year. Now we're all just going to like clean all the equipment and take a deep breath just and put it, spray a hose on it and, yeah. Run it back. And like, Run it back. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I haven't stopped since the race ended. And at some point I'm going to want to kick my feet up for a couple minutes here. Uh, but you mean that hasn't been this past hour hanging with me? I, All right, cool. Whatever. It, I don't know. I feel like I'm still on, I'm still doing stuff possibly. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people, we're talking on the live stream chat around, and I guess had been reflected uh, by some runners at the expo about the the washing machine style mm. being blinding at night uh, with the like the Kogala lights and you know it being disorienting. Obviously, this year and last year we've been going the same direction the whole time. Do you think that you know now that we've had it one direction for two years in a row? You can sort of have some data and thoughts and anecdotes from it that will be staying one direction for the foreseeable future. Or do you think you guys will 
consider going back to the washing machine style? What, what instinctually just like, like your initial thoughts based on. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, there's chatter, there's anecdotal chatter, right? So there's, uh, there's people for it. There's people against it. Uh, the people for it, um, like there's less crowding. Um, it's a better, it's kind of a better, easier flow. And the, the no, the, the no blinding lights at night. I think a lot of our aid stations like it too, because it, it helps with the distribution of people around the course. What happened with the washing machine loop is you get these insane peaks where, especially on the loop one turnaround. So you got loop one coming around, they turn, they double back, rattlesnake gets slammed from both sides at the same time. So you're getting like double capacity. And a similar thing kind of happens at Jackass where like the last, the hundred Kers are hitting it, the last few people in the hundred mile and those leaders in the hundred mile are coming back at you. Again, it kind of like really doubles back. So you get these like really crazy peaks and then it like falls apart and there's like no one there. So um, I would love to hear, I would love to pull like everybody who ran this year, find out if they've run the previous edition with washing machine and then ultimately what they prefer. Um, because, you know, if you talk to the loudest voices in the room, I think it can skew things. So, um yeah, I don't know. I'm I can see it both ways. So we're just gonna I think we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna pull the audience and see. So someone cool. says Thomas Bowling says washing machine by day, same direction at night. Interesting. And I thought of that too. I thought like well, what if we reverse, you know, some one of the laps? Um it might just get confusing at some point though. That's my only concern. Like maybe we do two in the same direction and then your third one is reversed. That way you actually get to see people and then it doesn't overwhelm aid stations. I don't know. Or maybe the, maybe you reverse your second one. That way all the reversing is done in the daytime. So by the time you hit the night, everyone's going in the same direction. You don't have any blinding lights possible but then you always have the issue of the first loop being longer and so from a timing perspective for rattlesnake and jackass it's still going to slam them early no they're going to be slammed yeah so, so it's which just, is you, like, that's a planning factor so you yeah like if you slam those two aid stations then you're going to need more volunteers you're going to need more water spigots you're going to need more ice buckets so it's something that's solvable i think I think, uh, and, and that might end up being what we do is some sort of a compromise because, but even then you still would miss people because the first one's longer. So you wouldn't see every single person. I think that's what people love is they love to be able to see everyone. They can watch the lead of the leaders on the race unfold. So yeah, it's a tricky one. Uh, when the, when the course was designed and the race was designed, you know, there's 150 people out there, not a thousand. So things evolve. Uh, quick question or comment from the chat. They said, we want to see the poll results. So I'm going to end the poll. Uh, you don't even know what I said probably or asked. Cool. <laughs> I, just said, I just said, say what, run flat, stay low, or run steep, get high. Oh, great. It's going to end well for me. <laughs> okay, we had 29 votes, and it was run flat, stay low, 
Sounds right. Cool. Well, this has been fun. Uh, it's been <laughs> my last podcast. So um, good luck filling the void of the run flat life. Uh, yeah, that's it. I think we need to have a new poll that's like run steep, stay low, and then run flat, get high. Uh, that's going to have different connotations. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So Thomas Bowling says Cactus Rose 100 operates that way. They go daytime, I guess they switch, and then nighttime, they go the same direction. Uh, I've done both. Jennifer Berry says, I prefer the same direction, less dust, no light issues, nice to run with, and leapfrog fellow runners versus flybys. So I, I would probably, like, if I just had, so now well, you asked for my gut reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the poll is cool and important. Like, the, getting the data, I think, is great because then we kind of know, like, what is the general sentiment? Like, maybe 85% of the people uh, are like, yes, same direction. I think I think the, sa- I think the same direction is going to stick, personally. I think there's just too many benefits uh, that outweigh... Uh, kind of seeing everyone a bunch of times so i think it's safer i think it's probably better ultimately that's what i got for you cool makes my life easier because i'm the one who has to make the splits and prediction spreadsheet so if yeah, we yeah. can not change the course again like and, every year and i could keep the calculator year, solid that'd be awesome thanks yeah we we announce the directions of the loop 24 hours in advance Make sure you keep it straight in your head. <laughs> that I mean, that is also a real problem. We have people that they they go out and they go the wrong way. And so it's like, what do you do? Do you disqualify them? Sometimes people run out four miles and they realize they went out the wrong way. So they run back to headquarters. They go out the right way. And it's just like, it is so much easier to have it all the same direction. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, there are, I mean, this conversation alone is sort of highlighted, right? There's like runner preference and logistics and like safety, (laughs) which is like partially logistics and operational, but also just like, but also like fun party and you get to see, like watch the race unfold and see all, everyone can see all the costumes. Cause like, honestly, that would be my question. The no, same direction you see, you like, you miss a lot of people. Like, you may not even know they're out there. But with the washing machine, you always see everyone every lap, and so that there is something real to be said about that too. So the the interesting variable is the like the night race, like the Jackass thirty one k, because you have a bunch of people who are theoretically like could be hammering. Cause they're only running 19 miles Oh yeah. versus, you know, folks who are on their third loop. So they're like 50 ish miles in and it just like have somebody blast past you or, you know, in a costume or like whatever craziness could be happening, you know, from a, from a management standpoint, like that could also be disconcerting. Uh, but like at least they're going the same direction as you versus like exactly. if they're coming at you. Like well, imagine, I don't, there's if you, imagine if you had a hundred people coming at you, kind of blinding you the whole you know, but right. there was in the past there's thousands of people coming at you the entire time. And and the trail gets narrow at, at times too, and I think it's a lot easier to pass 
from behind than 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 head on. So, um, and then we also had oh, Thomas Bowling suggests maybe we have Laz just tell people which direction to go. He could just stand out there. Maybe it's rand randomized. As you're leaving headquarters, you like you hit a button and then it tells you which way you go. That's real Squid Game esque, and I don't know if I can <laughs> get on board with that. But okay, okay. you do you. Do you. Look at that. See, I'm I'm touching into popular culture without even knowing that I'm doing it. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's fine. Yeah, it'll have fun figuring this out. This is why I don't work for the company. I just talk to you about it and then. <laughs> When this podcast ends, I go watch The Bachelorette and go on about it. Oh, here. You know what we can do? We can do a poll. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, See, we're, I need to get these Arab by Betrayal Talk podcasts going again so I can just do polls. I didn't even know you could do this. Yeah, there are many things we should get going again. That's true. Challenge? <laughs> like drop back challenges. No, not those. We can do we can do challenge videos. There's probably not reduxes of that one per se, um, but we both have some vlogs. We got some races. We should just like get our athletic careers back on track. How about we start there? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So yeah, I don't know. We're just gonna be. What are we gonna do in the downtime? We're about to approach our one year anniversary, even though we took like three and a half months off there. Um, yeah, we gotta we gotta celebrate. We gotta get weird, diversify our bonds, and like commit to some irrational stuff for twenty twenty two. Maybe we do a lot. We do. Maybe I come up to come up your way, and we do something. Uh, yeah. Is that the week after the running event? Like the actual one year anniversary? It was sometime in December, or it could just yeah, be at the like running early. event. We could just we could just make the running event the anniversary. Honestly, I think the running event might actually be the anniversary. I'd have to go back and look because we have that like unreleased zero episode. Yeah. But I think that might actually be it because by the time we went live, I was like already gone for the holidays and like could be remote reporting. So dude, I think with that, wow. Okay. So if you're in Austin, get excited. You might be able to attend our oh, yeah. anniversary the, live. Oh, it's popping. The, uh, the poll's popping right away. Thank you all. Keep it going. We're, we'll check back in before we end it. But yeah, Austin's okay. going to be great. I need I need to book my flight, and then I need to also figure out what we're doing. We should do a yeah. we should do a lot. We should do a lot of vlogging. I feel like that would be the best. Dude, I have vlog. so much content since Dude, August. Have you looked have at the Run Steve Get High channel? It is pathetic. It is not good. Listen, there was going to be. There's basically going to be like a COVID to quad, just like massive video of like, here's everything I did from being completely out of shape to running an ultra after all these other like road marathons and bloody nips and like trying to coach a season. Dude, it's insane. Oh, shoot. I needed to add a poll option. I didn't do washing machine. I got to end this poll, guys. I'm sorry. I got to relaunch this. I'm an idiot. Okay. So what were you saying? I'm sorry. Nothing. That was that was just we gotta. We're gonna have some like documentary style vlogs. We're gonna have so much content. Okay, we gotta restart this. Episodes. It's gonna be like okay. so late. Absurd. <laughs> um, should I do a super fast New York City marathon yeah, preview yeah, do it. while the while polls I make up this to get poll. people to vote? Cool. Okay, so um, already highlighted during 
the run flat news section. And Kate, if you're still listening to this and this is your first podcast, welcome. Thanks for hanging out. Um, the way this normally works is like I talk some track cross country stuff. He talks ultra stuff and then we just BS. Uh, we're not really a new show. We're kind of like cable news. If it was less uh, polarized and toxic. So that's, that's what we bring to the table here. Um, so you're going to get some, you're going to get some insights. Uh, one of All which right. is this New York City Marathon preview. All right. You got, you have your poll. New, up. Poll, new poll is live. So thank you. Hit Good. it. Let's do All it. All right. So um, first things first, let's just off the jump, talk about uh, the fact that this is the final Abbott Marathon major of the year. It's not the last big road marathon. Obviously we have domestically in the United States CIM. Uh, we've got Valencia. There's a couple others that are going to pop up, but this is the final Abbott Marathon major this Sunday in New York City. We have definitely had some changes in the start list. Um, on the women's side, Emily Sisson, Ali Tolomuk, and Des Linden have all dropped. Uh, so they will not be competing this Sunday, but we have still some star-studded uh, folks just ready to tear it up through all five boroughs. So uh, on the women's side, we have the uh, Tokyo Olympic gold medalist, uh, Perez Kipchir- or Jet Churcher. Uh, she's going to be in New York, as well as third place in Tokyo, uh, Molly Seidel from here in the United States. They're going to be towing the line. You've got uh, Rudy Aga, who is a previous uh, podium finisher at New York. You've got uh, Sally Kipiego, who uh, represented the U.S. in Tokyo, also a previous Olympic silver medalist. Uh, you got uh, Lonnie Marchant. You've got Lexi Pappas. Uh, shout out to the old Hayward Area Athletic League uh, because I competed against her in high school and she handedly demolished me on a regular basis. Um, but then you also have Shalane Flanagan. Is she going to join in the elite field? I don't know. She had a whole Instagram post that was like saving the best for last. She's run 235 twice, uh, one in London and then one during the like virtual Tokyo edition. So if she saves the best for last, she goes like sub 230. Like there's a world where she is, you know, top three to five American women and top 10 top 15 who knows what she can do at this point she's had two weeks off that's the most rest that she's had in ages in this marathon system and like she can just blow it up it's gonna be nuts so uh let's see what shalane does i hope she starts with the elite women that's all i really want um is to see her go ahead and tear it up um and then on the do i have i think i still have the uh let's see if there's some other notable uh folks to Oh, obviously, that's what I want to say, the NAZ Elite women. So Stephanie Bruce, Kellen Taylor, going to be towing the line. Uh, We talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about how the NAZ Elite men kind of underperformed in Boston. So let's see if the women can sort of right the ship for the training group. Um, Obviously, we had Alice Wright set the UK one-hour record this past weekend down in Phoenix. That was another thing that was happening amongst the Havelina stuff, she ran 17,044 meters, I think, off the top of my head. That sounds correct. Uh, so so the women of NAZ Elite are tearing it up. Let's see 
if the the two American stalwarts can can hold it down in New York as they have both had quite some uh, solid success at New York previously. Uh, you've also got Laura Thweet uh, from Colorado is going to be towing the line. You have uh, Halela Johannes from Nambia, uh, also a sub-220 marathoner. So it's not going to be an easy day for the American women, but uh, they definitely have a shot on a course that doesn't have pacers and is – uh, historically the slowest of the marathon majors, uh, you know, it becomes a true strategic race. We could see uh, another solid performance from the American women on the men's side. If you've been following YouTube, uh, there are a lot of folks uh, that you can get sort of excited about. Uh, Noah Drotti is going to be towing the line. You've got, uh, Matt Lano, no, Matt Lano actually reported on Monday that he had an injury flare-up, so he will not be in. Uh, Shadi B. Watt uh, from Northern California officially now, uh, but like a true straight-up like XC Division I college head from um, almost feels like a decade ago. He's going to be towing the line. John Ranieri uh, representing Flagstaff's towing the line. Ben True making his debut marathon, stepping up from the uh, from the 10K the like forever fourth place finisher at Olympic trials. He's showing up. Ryan Vale is going to be showing up. Jared Ward's going to be showing up. Joe Stylin going to be showing up. The American men in this field are going to be just like ready to run fast. I'm super excited about how that's going to go down. Um, but they have some, some pretty solid international folks to battle up against, including uh, Kibby Watt Candy making his marathon debut, the half marathon world record holder, who knows what the hell is going to happen with him? Uh, it's going to be absolutely insane to see. Uh, Callum Hawkins is going to be showing up. Um, Albert Career, who is a uh, second-place finisher back in 2019. And then uh, Gurma uh, Bakele Gebra is going to be uh, coming back from his bronze in that 2019 to defend his spot and hopefully move up a little bit. Uh, Abdi Nagigi is going to be taking it down. And then apparently he's still on the start list. Kaniza Bekele, the, what, the 201 high, 202 low marathoner. Um, and just like incredibly decorated runner that he is. Uh, we, we talked about this, like when the whole Abbott marathon major started, he only finishes like half of his marathons. So let's see if he gets through New York. But if he does, he could run something pretty crazy. So uh, super excited for New York this weekend. Uh, hopefully you guys can tell me how it plays out because I'll be significantly far behind them. Uh, we should almost do a contest. We should do a contest by how much I end up losing to Shalane Flanagan. <laughs> And just like the closest guest, just like get some gear. I, I, like, maybe that's the thing. Instead of like guess my finish time, just like guess the margin of which Shalane guess, Flanagan crushes me. Yeah. Guess the gap. Yeah. Um, whoever puts negative something and assumes that I'm going to beat Shalane, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, you're a fool. But uh, <laughs> we, should, we, should, we should do that. That would be interesting. I'll, I'll work it up and then y'all can send something from the warehouse because 
I'm lazy. Um, yeah, so that's New York in a nutshell. Uh, all the wheelchair participants are back. Uh, Marcel Hug, uh, Daniel Romanchuk on the men's side. And then uh, on the women's side, let me make sure that I quote this correct. Yep, uh, Tatiana McFadden going to be tearing it up uh, out there. So super excited. Uh, but Man- Manuela Schar, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it because I don't speak Swiss. Um, she is going to be back trying to basically take the Abbott Marathon title uh, on the women's wheelchair side. Um, so basically, if you saw them battling back in Chicago and Boston, they're pretty much here uh, for one last shot at glory in 2021. Cool. That's New York in a nutshell. It's streaming. I'm sure online, local news, you can just grab that off the internet. So get excited. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. Let me look up the weather. Cause that seems like a. Well, have a blast out there. I, I won't. The one, <laughs> the one road marathon I've ever run New York city. And I loved it. It was amazing. This is true. Oh yeah. And you should, you, you should try, should try, and, you should try and beat my time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. There you go. Which, There's you your run? benchmark. Uh, 253. Yeah. Cool. 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 So I basically have to run what my qualifier was again. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. So it's fine. I was GoProing, so it's fine. You can do it. Okay, cool. You don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> uh, we also had a couple, of ch- couple questions of the chat. Uh, Skizzle, are you planning on running a hundred miler in 2022? Nope. Good luck at NYC. You will crush it. Uh, thank you for the second part. Uh, no, I have no plans currently to run a hundred miler, but um, to be announced first trail 100 K coming, Ooh. coming soon. So get excited. It's been picked. It's been picked. The entry is in, Ooh. but I'm waiting for the official announcement of the, yeah. I feel like one of those like road marathoners was like, I can't tell you who I signed the contract with, but, um, <laughs> but now we're towing, we're towing the line for a trail hundred K. Um, so so we were slowly moving up, finally. Um, but I got a lot of things to do before then. Are so. Pacers allowed at this 100K? Uh, there's one section towards the end where Pacers are allowed, yes. Okay, great. We'll That's talk. all sick. We'll talk. <laughs> okay, um, what else? B-Watt has run two sub 64 minute halves here in Sacramento in his lead up. And then Thomas Bowling says, Skyler, somebody screwed up the schedule. Planet Booty is in Austin on 11:19, whereas the running event is 11:30." Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, if you do have the chance to see Planet Booty live, this new, this new set list is phenomenal. Um, I did see them last weekend and I will see them uh, in San Francisco the night before Quad Dipsy, actually, because nothing says proper tapers uh, like that 28, 29 hours straight we did this past weekend and dancing and sweating the night before. Uh, I'd expect nothing less. This is me we're talking about. So <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm excited. But yes, if you do have a chance to see them on their tour, uh, I will gladly shout out Planet Booty forever, uh, holding a special place in my heart and just good guys. So. Show them some love. All right. What else do we got? Are we wrapping up? Do we want to see the poll results? Where, where, what's happening? Yeah, you should see the poll results. Um, okay. I just pulled up the this is your last chance quick. to vote. Vote for the poll. Havilene 100. Do you want to see us do washing machine loops? Same direction. Which direction? 
Daytime washing machine lubes, nighttime same direction. Vote now or forever hold your peace. Cool. Um, and just so we're all clear, for the 5K championships in New York, uh, Saturday, low of 43, high of 56. Sunday for the New York City Marathon, low of 44, high of 56. Humidity looks uh, not stifling. Just chilling in the... So that uh, seems like pretty good weather, huh? I mean, it's like 50 to 70% humidity during mm. the key race times, but I mean, from a temperature cold. standpoint, that's not bad at all. That's ideal. I mean, it sounds cold, but... <laughs> all right, Desert Rat, calm down. All right, I'm going to... We got 21 votes, and I'm going to end the poll, and we'll see what it says here. What do you think it's going to be? Uh, probably the same direction. Some version. Here it is. With 38%, washing machine is the winner. Wow. <laughs> all clockwise, 28%. All counterclockwise, 14%. So I guess technically same that direction. Same direction would, would win. It's would just a win. And then the switch day, same direction night is 19%. So it's pretty split, I would say, at the moment. So that's going to be interesting how it plays out with like a larger sample size of participants. Hey, you know what? We'll, uh, we appreciate you all being the initial focus group. We will exactly. go to the, the law of large numbers and expand that poll and yeah. see if it holds true. See if and you we are look forward to population. and we look forward to polls next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I guess, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what you come up with. Um, <laughs> Charlie Seymour says he just voted for all of them twice. Do what feels good. Who, who am I? Who am I to tell you how to live your life? Um, but hey, in a democracy, vote once and call it square or something. I don't know. I stopped paying attention in AP U.S. history after the test ended. So. Perfect. That's it. I got nothing. That's I all I got to you. I've been standing in the same spot. Which we should get some sleep. You should table. go. Yeah. All right. It's been great. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week with a New York City Marathon recap. Will Skyler beat my New York City Marathon time? Tune in live Sunday or here next Tuesday. There's live tracking. That's, that's all we you got. don't need to tune it. Just watch it happen. Watch it right. fail or succeed spectacularly in the in the live tracking. And then have some drinks for me because it's a Sunday. And if it's Sunday, it's not only meet the press, it's have a good seasonal beer. I don't know what this ending was. I screwed that all up. That's me. Whatever. I've been Skizzle Fresh. He's been Jam Jam. This has been a podcast. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Have yourselves a shitty week. <laughs>